0: what's up everybody um this episode on challenging group assumptions so I think what I'm going to start doing more of is kind of episodes to help you to become you know more tier 2 help us all to sort of stay within the tier two state of mind you know, that you get with stage yellow and turquoise and dynamics because <clears throat> one of the things that I've become aware of uh, when it comes to many different groups um, is <sighs> that You get, you can easily get yourself into a group, and before you realize what's happening, you can start to, like, Meld with the group, you can start to like merge with the group's ideas and ideals and whatnot without realizing what you're doing. And this is true for anything, really. It doesn't even have, really have to be a group. You know, I could be just listening to somebody's podcast for too no, many hours or too many hours in a day or whatever it is without getting in touch with your. Own self and trying to make sense of what is being communicated in your own word in um uh, in the podcast, you know, making sense of what has been been communicated and communicated in your own words to yourself, with your own understandings and experiences added in and whatnot, if necessary. But what I became aware of is that. One of the deep problems that you'll run into is group dynamics. And so you'll have like a group. You know, that you're sort of a part of. And before realizing what's happening, you start to sort of identify with the group. And now you're no longer just sort of participating in these group activities. You are now part of the group. If not completely, then you are getting more and more kind of enmeshed into the group identity. And, you know, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, I suppose. This is not about wrong, this is not about fault. This is about awareness. What happens when you do this? What happens when this happens? Um... And to me, to me, the, that, that question, Give me a second here. <laughs> um, to me, the, uh, answer that, to that question is a, um, a decreasing of your own agency, your own ability to make your own self guided and self-made and self-understood decisions. It doesn't mean that you never trust another person and what a group is saying, but you have to be able to balance what the group says with your own ability to think critically about these things, your ability to become aware of the problems and assumptions of not only yourself but the group as well and this is where I've always been kind of wary of groups because not because groups are like bad or anything but once you kind of set yourself up as an institution like a church, or whatever, then you have to almost proceed from that, you are know, from that place, now you're, you're kind of stuck, you can't really go beyond this, you can't really get into a place now where there's any nuance, uh, and so, like, if you're a Catholic Church, you can't go beyond Catholicism, you can't really explore Buddhism, or you can't really explore Hinduism, Islam, like it has to be absolute Catholicism. Um, You know, this is what we really mean when it comes to groups. You know, a lot of groups are institutionalized in this way. You know, another group, you could think of similar in this way is the left versus the right. And while some of the ideas of the left makes um, are things that might be useful and helpful for the people, oftentimes because of the group, the institutionalized nature of the left, the ways in which that ends up, they end, they end up going about their task is not necessarily all that useful for me or you or the people around us. Um, And so like, yeah, you you had these groups and now once you are in this group, you're almost like stuck. You can't really get out of the group. I mean, you're not really stuck, but it feels that way because they're there's an institution behind it there's a kind of a a moral code behind it and you know if you disagree you won't you won't belong to the group kind of thing because evolutionarily speaking we are social creatures, animals that live together as a group. You know, one human can't really necessarily survive on his own. I mean, it's possible that he could, but it's more and more difficult um, because of the nature of human bodies. They're very weak compared to other animals. And there's a lot more dangers involved because of this fact <clears throat> so one human by himself isn't necessarily going to be able to do a whole lot of things. Um, he'll have to do everything himself, his firewood, his his food, his you know, all these things would have to be done by him. Uh, but if he were in a group, he could specialize in one thing and you could have eight other people specialize in different things and everybody supplies for everybody but in this group there's no real room for uh, maneuvering around and there's no real room for changing of the minds of the guards You know, this kind of thing because of survival. Right, and so now your very life depends on fitting in with this group. And it doesn't mean that you're you're going to lie to the group. Typically what it means is that you kind of implicitly sort of give in to the groups Uh, ideas and understandings without really realizing what you're doing and you're not really conscious of what you're doing when you're doing this and so yeah like if your group has an absolute like this one thing is bad no matter what like homosexuality is bad or religion is bad or um Whatever it is, now you're basically stuck and you're unable to go beyond this. And we talk a lot about questioning our own assumptions as individuals within these episodes that I've done. But now we're going into this in a a more group-dynamic-based setting because a lot of times the problem isn't always us. It's a combination of us and group. Uh, And we have to become aware of when the group is uh, taking hold of ourselves. It's kind of like an ebb and flow kind of thing. Like you ever been in the ocean before? Uh, What you normally have in ocean is the waves kind of come, and they hit you, uh, and you're trying to, like, control yourself in in the water Um, so that you don't fall over or so you don't drown or whatever it is. You know, if you're too controlling about that, you can find yourself really tensed up inside. and you know, those kind of thing. But if you're not controlling enough, the waves kind of pull you under. And so in the same way, this is how it works with group dynamics. The waves, because the group is going to be stronger than the individual in, this, in, in pretty much most groups, I'd say. Especially tier one-based groups. Because the group is... Uh, there's like a certain energy of a group because you know it's not just one person's energy at this new level it's multiple energies at once colliding together it's like if you had imagine like you have a a wave in the ocean and it's kind of normal size it just kind of has one wave um it might be pretty big you know, or whatever, but it's pretty normal sized. But imagine if somehow you have a wave that collides with like two two or three other waves. Some of those waves might be different. Some of them might be overlapping. But that those waves are going to be a lot stronger. Now this wave is going to be a lot stronger. You know, it'll be harder for you to keep your feet on the ground. It'll be harder for you to, to keep your head over the water, this kind of thing. Um, and so, in the same way, the group's waves will <clears throat> sweep over you uh, so much that it takes you. It can take you over if you're not careful. This is how cults happen. This is how cults get so powerful and so uh, controlling and things like this. You know, because there's. There's the need to belong where there's also that like the feeling of synergistic energy where you know it feels like everybody has like a common goal together and that feels great until you realize like there's a lot of implicit assumptions that come along with that implicit common goal that you're not aware of or that you're not willing to become aware of because it challenges the group's assumptions. And so what we need to learn how to do is, well, number one, challenge our own assumptions, but also number two, challenge whatever group we're a part of, challenge those assumptions as well. And really, I think the question too, and this is very, very important, is are these ideas that I have coming from a certain group, would that be my family, my parents, my whatever it is, or is it actually coming from me, my authentic me, what I actually think, what I actually believe to be true, what I actually I found to be true from experience, whatever it is, and I'd say like, I guess it would depend, but I'd probably give you an, an estimate between 60, I'd say 70 to 80% of people, 70, to 80% of, the time of your ideas are coming from a, a certain group. Uh, whether that be family, or a church, or uh, political groups. <coughs> Or, I mean, even like a, a spiritual group. Like, I, I know that I'm a, part, I'm a part of a group that's not, I wouldn't call it like a controlling group or anything. But we like talk about things and we uh, send messages and stuff like that. But it, but I'm aware as well that there, it is a group and it has its own kind of group dynamic um it has its own set of assumptions some of them come from me some of them come from others within the group it doesn't mean the group is bad or like dumb for having these assumptions or that whatever it is it just it just means this is something that you need to become aware of when it comes to any kind of group that you're a part of uh doesn't really matter what the group is it could be the most spiritual sounding group in the universe You know, a perfect example to me is um, if you if you if you watch Netflix at all, there's a documentary on there. It's called Wild Wild Country. It talks about this group that was a uh, basically Usho's group. Osho was a uh, uh, you know supposedly a light enlightened master or whatever. I say it supposedly because I, I'm, I'm skeptical about enlightenment, but that's <laughs> has more to do with my skepticism rather than it has to do with Osho. But, uh, um, supposedly an, an enlightened master or whatever, right? And so the group ended up causing all these problems, not because of Osho himself. Actually, Osho, I think, in a lot of ways, was. Sort of uh, in in a lot of ways, almost seemed very hermit-like in in those days, and so really wasn't in charge of the group as much as like other people who were interviewed for this movie for this uh, documentary series. And so the group dynamics, even within this so-called spiritual group, still ended up causing problems. Even despite a supposed enlightened master. So I don't really care what your group is. I don't care how spiritual it might sound. It doesn't really matter. My point still stands. My point still is going to stand. (laughs) You can't go beyond this. There's There's no getting away from this problem. I've seen people... In spiritual circles, who are like, you know, once you're enlightened, you can't really be go wrong. You're, you're not fallible anymore. You're not mortal in this, in this like way. It's like, that's not like realistic. Like, you have to become aware of the fact, possibility that uh, the so called enlightened master is deluded, or if it's not the enlightened master, you also have to become aware that even if is, this person is actually really enlightened, truly enlightened and is truly uh, aware in this kind of thing, there are what you have to also become aware of is that there are people who are in, in lower stages within this group. And those people are going to influence this group despite whether the group is uh, protected by an enlightened master and is uh, helped along by an enlightened master and is. Even guided by an enlightened master. Doesn't matter. Those lower energy people are going to uh, change and control the group dynamics. And that's what happened in this in this case, this wild, wild country situation. That's really what, what ended up happening. That's the deep problem of groups. But that's not, you know, that, that's hard for you to hear if you're, like, those people who want to, like, find this perfect spiritual guru. But it just isn't going to happen. Like, even if you find somebody like this, it doesn't really matter. If anything, I'd be more suspicious of somebody who claims perfect enlightenment and all this kind of stuff than I would of somebody who is like like me, who's going like, well, I mean, I'm not saying that what I'm saying is true, I'm saying I could be a little deluded about this stuff, but it is something to consider. You know, at least with me, you could have the possibility of somebody who's willing to understand and accept that I could be deluded. Of course, they could ignore that I've been saying this my entire episodes and whatnot, and still say, "Well, oh yeah, but you're you're enlightened and you're a perfect master and all these things." That um, has more to do with them than it does with me. That's the whole point. <laughs> but uh, that's the deep level of groups that we deal with in society Oops. so yeah you, you have to become aware of this you have to notice the implicit assumption that this group might have and that the person that you're listening to might have including me including yourself, including whatever it is you're looking at, whatever it is you're listening to. Because if you're not aware of those things, you will be deluded by someone eventually. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of when. I mean, I hate to be that, like, blunt, but that's usually the way it seems to go in most cases, I'd say. Well, I would say most cases, but I'd say a good number of cases especially when you're dealing with lower energy uh, or lower uh, tier people with like stage orange or red or blue or whatever, the spiral dynamics. Because those types of people are dealing with stronger shadow elements within themselves so that they're, they're not aware of. And those shadow elements are going to play a part in this group and they're, they're going to take over the group, which is kind of what happened in this case that I'm talking about with this documentary uh it's a deep problem of groups and it's not really a group problem so much as it is a human problem it just can be magnified within a group because of the uh the synergistic nature of groups and that synergistic nature can be very useful it can be very helpful Or it can end up being very uh, detrimental because everybody is is kind of pushed along with that large wave that contains like 10 or 20 or 30 or 1,000 or whatever people within this one wave. So... I could go on and on and on about all this about the group dynamics and how this might work and I might go into that in other episodes. But really when I want to get you to is a place of noticing this yourself and becoming aware of this yourself and becoming aware of the group assumptions and stuff like this. Um, and I wouldn't say that there's a surefire way of doing this necessarily, but there are certain questions and, and ways of kind of looking. First element is <clears throat> what I call the first question is basically, am I sure that I am saying this because this is actually what I think, or because I am controlled by the group dynamics without realizing it? Things like this. You could ask that kind of question. It doesn't have to be as specific as that, but like something along those lines, right? This is not about like acting very strict with the questioning and, and whatnot. We can get into deep assumptions and, and whatnot with questioning. But we're trying to get to the deep levels of this to see how these different group assumptions and dynamics play out. So... That's one question. That's one kind of element. The second element is, what, might, what, what sort of assumptions, what does a group have, and the way to look for the assumptions is to kind of look at what the ideas of the group are, uh, whatever those are, and you can look deeper than those ideas and see like, is there any assumptions there? I don't always guarantee you there are. That's the deep level of, of, of what I become aware of when it comes to pretty much anything is it has assumptions. There is no exception to this rule uh, at all that I become aware of. There is no exception to the fact that, like any kind of idea or group, has some kind of assumption based understanding. And we've talked about assumption based versus assumption aware philosophy. <clears throat> In the past, and this is where we get into the deep level of how this works, You know, now we're becoming aware of the assumption. The assumptions. Usually it's not just one assumption, but it's many. It's many assumptions. It doesn't mean that because these assumptions are there that this group's idea or understanding is wrong or incorrect. It just means that there are assumptions there. And because there are assumptions there, it might not be as correct as it seems to be. Uh, and this is, this is this is the deep this is the deep level of puranism, because you now skepticism is where you would be like, this is wrong, like you can't know what this is, you know, like they they would give you definite statements like this like academic skepticism is where they say that you cannot know what truth is. Uh, Then you have others who are like, you can know what truth is. You can know it through experience, you can know it through logic or whatever it is. The Puritanist goes, well, I mean, it's possible that you can know what truth is, but it's also possible that you... Can it's also possible that you may not ever know what truth is, or you you might not ever be able to know what truth is? They're in that two in those two positions, but not they're not in those positions themselves. It's kind of like the maybe, maybe not argument, right? This might be true, but it might not be. It just depends, and it might you, you might find that it's not as absolute as it might seem. So this is what we're doing here. This is where we're going into the deep level of of going into Tier 2. This is what Tier 2 is all about, in my opinion, is going into this from a a kind of more Pyrenistic mindset. I'm not going to say that that's absolutely what Tier 2 is, but I think there is a a deep overlap between this and Tier 2. Um... So, yeah, the, f- the first question we can you know can't how how much of uh, this is caused by the group? How much of this idea that I have caused by my the groups that I've been within, whether that be family, whatever? And what are the assumptions underlying the uh, group message? Group message being like the ideology of the group, whether that be the like the left wing or the right wing or some spiritual group or some whatever group it is. Catholicism or Buddhism or Hinduism or uh whatever it might be. <laughs> Puranism. <laughs> um, Piranism is a bit different because usually there's not a whole lot of like um assumptions and there's not a whole lot of like absolutes and definites within Puranism. If there is, it's not really Puranism at all, it just seems like it is. But that's another episode. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, that's really what it is. Of course, you can ask more questions after that, like how, how many assumptions are there? Uh, if these assumptions are here, how does that change how I see this thing, things like this, just helping you to kind of build a little bit of distance and, 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 uh, thought. And, uh, what's the word? I want you use critical thinking skills towards groups and group dynamics and things like this. Another question you can ask. This is kind of like the third category. Is what are the group dynamics within this group? That's my, making this, this. That's making this happen because you might have a group where the person in the group who was. Uh, trying to be emulated for with, with the group members and whatnot. The the uh, founder of the group might have been spiritually enlightened or might still be spiritually enlightened, but is the group is also uh, has a bunch of people in it who have lower energies who are not as spiritually enlightened, and that could be playing a role in this as well. And so that's another element you can put into this. You know, there's elements of how strongly... Uh, they are within a certain stage of spiral dynamics, whether it be red or blue or orange or whatever it is that could also help you to become more aware of the assumptions and the group dynamics as well Um like a, another example of this to me that comes to mind is actually Christianity because like to me Jesus is like the ultimate example of somebody who you would you would think nowadays would be like the spiritually enlightened person this supposed perfect being and master and this kind of stuff that people talk about but then you look to the group dynamics of Christianity and what you're seeing is not this at all because it's it's not based in this their their minds are in more of a state blue, orange and sometimes red in certain cases, uh, mindset which creates completely different group dynamics Than was originally intended by the message of Jesus in the first place, which you'll see. Which is why you'll see somebody, uh, Christian, so so-called Christians, go like, "Oh, this this is bad, and homosexuality is bad, and being this is bad, and all these things are bad, and you're bad, and you're wrong, this is we're bad, and you're wrong, and this that's not what Jesus was teaching people." But that's the group dynamics because that's where they are. Now, I've talked about it before, you can only really be where you are in this current moment. This is what this means. You can't just suddenly like snap your fingers and then boom, all of a sudden you're some kind of perfect spiritual being. It just doesn't work. Even if you are in a so-called spiritual group. And so that's going to be playing a role in how that group functions. Which is why it's important to become aware of this. Become aware of these group dynamics. Ta-da! So, I don't really think there's a lot more that I can go into. I, I could go into a lot more detail about this. But I think I want to leave it there. I don't want to get too deep into the weeds and the details. And how this might play out with the different levels of spiro- Different stages of spiro- dynamics and things like this. Um which we can definitely get into um, in other episodes. I just wanted to make this a general kind of guide. And uh, I'll talk to you in the next episode.